It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the UFC MMA expert, Mean Gene. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at MeanGene0022. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. UFC Fight Night this Saturday, June 26th at the Apex in Las Vegas. This one will be headlined with a heavyweight match between undefeated Cyril Gaon and Alexander Volkov. He's not undefeated. He does have eight losses, but Alexander Volkov coming off of an impressive win. Both guys actually coming off of wins, rather entertaining fights in their last outings. Guys, what we're going to do with this card is rather simple. Gene and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to preview the headliner. Gene's on one side. I'm on the other. So we're going to go ahead and go head-to-head for this fight night headliner. And then what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about UFC 264, Poirier McGregor 3. That card is just absolutely stacked. So I kind of want to build up a little hype for that. And as always, Gene and I will go ahead. We'll preview that main card when the time comes. And we're actually going to go ahead and talk probably quite a bit about some of the prelim fights on that McGregor Poirier 3 pay-per-view card. So what we're going to do here, start it out with our headliner, Gon Volkov. Right now, Cyril Gon is a favorite at minus 177. Uh, you guys can go ahead and get that one at DraftKings. I'm on Gon. You're on Volkov. I'll let you go ahead and give your handicap first, Gene, because you'll probably be a little bit more convincing than me. So now that we know that you like Alexander Volkov, what's your handicap? Why do you think he wins? This is a super important fight for the heavyweight division. Gon's ranked number three, undefeated, like you said. Volkov, number five, and he's won two in a row. Derek Lewis is fighting for the title. Other than that, there's no one in the division besides John Jones. So this is a massive fight. Winner here should get the next tail shot after Lewis and Naganu fight later this year. So I'll start with Gon. Gon, you know, super impressive heavyweight. He's a former soccer player that's transitioned into MMA. So he's super athletic and he has incredible movement for a heavyweight. He moves like a bantamweight. It's 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 nice to watch. He's a varied striker. Man, he throws a, a vast array of punches, kicks, combinations. He switches his stances fluidly. I like that aspect of his game because he keeps his opponent on their toes. He confuses them and, and just makes them hesitant to, to throw or, or get into their offensive groove. Uh, he throws big knees in the clinch. And if the fight does go to the ground, you know, he's, he's a good submission artist as well. And obviously, he's got the ground and pound. And then on the other end, you got Volkov, you know, kickboxing background. The thing I really like about him is he does a good job of calmly pressuring his opponent. He he cuts off the cage really well. He never gets too excited. He's just he's methodical um, with his pressure and 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 his shots. He has a nice jab with a straight and accurate right hand that he follows behind it. Very powerful. The other combination that he likes to throw is an uppercut to a left hook, and he does a really good job. I noticed this in his past two fights because they were finishing sequences. He, he does a great job of throwing an uppercut to, to a left hook behind the opponent's guard, and he clips him around the ear behind the ear. And, you know, he knocked Overeem out with that, and he hurt Harris with that as well. So um, look for him to try to land that on Gan in this fight. He also throws heavy leg kicks. His takedown defense has gone pretty, pretty good. Even if he is taken down, like Curtis Blades took him down for a record, I believe, 14 times in that fight. But man, the fight went went to decision. He almost knocked Curtis Blades out in the fifth round. He has really good cardio and bottom position. He's always looking to get up. And even if he is on the bottom for a minute, 
he does a good job of, of limiting damage. He doesn't allow his opponent to, to land ground and pound on him. So he's a very well-rounded fighter. Breaking this fight down, why I like Volkov versus Gan in this fight, I just simply think the line is is too wide. I feel like this should be more of a pick Based off DraftKings, you have Gan at minus 177, Volkov at plus 140. That, that's just too wide for me. I feel like I'm getting value on Volkov. Volkov, to me, he's a better fighter in the sense of the resume. He's fought in the who's who. He's fought Overeem. He's fought Blades. He's fought Werdum. Fought Lewis. Gan, yes, he had a nice win over Rosenstrike in, in his last bout. But, you know, UFC slowly moving him up. And this is a big step up in competition for him to fight Volkov, you know, a seasoned vet a guy that's held titles in, in the other organizations. And the other thing for me, too, for Volkov, Volkov used to fight at 247 consistently in his career. He fought Blades, got taken down. Was this, There was a big strength discrepancy. He, he packed on the pounds. He made it a point in his training to, to fight at 265 now, which is the limit for heavyweight. And since he's done that, he's looked incredible. Super strong, very powerful strikes. And this bout here, what I what I see happening is I see these two guys just standing up for five rounds. So not only do I like Volkov at plus money, I also like the fight to, to go to the distance as well. The line should be coming out tomorrow or Thursday. I saw William Hill had for the fight to go the distance was minus 110 to minus 125 on, on another book as well. So um, that's another sneaky prop that I like is that this fight's going to go the distance. I just think these guys are going to stand and trade. For five rounds, they're both tough, both durable, and um, yeah, man, I got I got Volkov. All right, so there's Gene. He's gonna go ahead. He's gonna take Volkov. Gene, you made a really good point. You know, when it comes to the betting line, I felt like the fact that I was taking gone, and I didn't want to get cute with this fight at all. I was just gonna go ahead and lay the minus one seventy seven, but I felt like I was not getting a whole hell of a lot of value. So you're looking at it more, you know, from the professional standpoint that the line's wrong. And that you're going to grab the value. And I'm looking at it more from the square approach that I just think that Gone is the better fighter. So I'm going to lay any price that's out there to go ahead and, you know, and get my ticket in. I'm probably not making the smart wager as far as, you know, bankroll management is concerned. And as far as, you know, going ahead and looking for value. But I do think Gone is the better fighter and he will win this fight. For me, it was really just the eye test. I saw the last few fights for both of these guys and they were both rather impressive. The Gon versus Rosenstruck fight, you know, to me was somewhat boring, but Gon took pretty much every weapon away from Rosenstruck, and I don't feel like Gon really did anything special in that particular fight. You know, he did get the job done. He did avoid, you know, that one weapon that Rosenstruck kind of had left, just his his right-hand haymaker. I felt like Gon in the DeSantos fight, he did enough in that particular fight to make me really kind of like all the weapons that he has. And when he fought DeSantos, his leg-kicking game, was just rather nasty. He chopped the Santos down enough. I felt like to the point that the Santos had to commit to thinking about, you know, those kicks from gone. And it left the Santos open for a clean crisp jab, you know, from gone that actually, you know, I thought he knocked him out. He put him out on his feet. So I really think the kicking game here for gone is going to be the way to go against, you know, a little bit lengthier guy in Volkov. Volkov, although he's big, I don't feel like he's as smooth as Dos Santos on his feet. And Gagan's legs, I mean, I think you would agree with me, Gene. Uh, his legs are just absolutely like tree trunks. I think he moves around the cage rather well for a heavyweight. I think he moves, you know, probably more like a light heavyweight, uh, if you particularly ask me. He's not exactly the easiest target to hit. He is a southpaw. As I had mentioned, Volkov, he did impress me, you know, with the last two fights. 
but they were against Walt Harrison. It was against Overeem. I think you would agree at least Overeem has seen, you know, his better days. Go ahead and throw props to Volkov, you know, for the Harris fight. But Volkov, he ends up losing to Blades, and then we saw Blades in his last fight. Um, that didn't look very good against Derek Lewis. I just feel like Gon has, you know, more of the total package here. Uh, he's not slow. He's not weak. I feel like he could probably take some kicks. I saw Dos Santos throwing some kicks at him. Didn't really look like it bothered him a whole lot. I don't think his chin gene has really been tested, and it probably will be in this particular fight because Volkov, I think the strength for him in this particular fight is going to be his boxing. But my gut feeling just says that Gon picks him apart. He's going to pick him apart with the kicks. His movement in the end is going to probably frustrate Volkov. And if Gon could go into this particular fight, the way he went in that Rosenstrike fight, clearly he watched tape. He said, here's the easiest way for me to go ahead and get this guy completely out of his game, get him completely in his head, and have him really scrambling trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do against this guy who clearly is standing in front of me? And that's just completely dangerous. So I felt like Rosenstrike was just like, you know what? I don't want to get hurt in this fight. I don't know what to do. I don't know what other what other weapons I have left. And I feel like Volkov might get some of that in this particular fight. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lay the 177. I do agree with Eugene. Not the greatest pr- price to lay. But I do think that Gon is the better fighter. So with all that said, Gene's on one side. I'm on the other. I'm going to go ahead and I want to talk a little bit about UFC 264. And some of the fights that Gene and I are a little bit excited about. Obviously, we know that it's going to be McGregor Poirier 3. Those guys are going to headline this one. But I do want to talk a little bit about some of the early prelim fights. Gene, you and I were talking, and we were talking a little bit about Ryan Hall and that particular fight. Now, he's going to go against a guy who's undefeated. What are you looking forward to in that particular fight? Yeah, so I'm looking to see if Tapora can continue on with, with this run. You know, he's undefeated. He's looked spectacular in this two UFC fights. And he does look like the future of the featherweight division. We'll see. And then he's going up against Ryan Hall. And, man, Ryan Hall comes in. No one wants to fight this guy. It's insane. He hasn't fought since July of 2019. So we're looking at almost two years that he's been out. And he, he's been calling for fights, but they just keep getting turned down. He's had so many canceled bouts in the past uh, two years. It's insane. And the reason why people don't want to fight him is because, man, he's a submission specialist. So – Guys don't want to get in there with someone dangerous like that that literally doesn't want to stand up. I mean, this guy will just fall to his back. I don't know if, if you remember the Gray Maynard fight. He ended up winning by unanimous decision, but he caught a lot of slack because he kept laying on his back. He was kind of running away from Gray Maynard, and we just dropped to his back and lay on the ground and just try to lock up a submission on the guy's leg. So um, he can be frustrating sometimes to watch, but, hey, man, this is MMA, so you have all these different disciplines and he just happens to be a, a specialist when it comes to 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 the ground game. So you're gonna have to fight him at some point. You got to beat him. So I'm just interested to see see that matchup against a guy that's been surging, looking like he's the future, against a guy that's super dangerous, and Ryan Hall that literally no one wants to fight. Yeah, I'm probably looking forward to that one the most on the early prelims. There are some big names though, you know, on the early prelim card. Brad Tavares is gonna end up fighting. Jessica I is gonna end up fighting on that card. Uh, a couple guys that we've done, you know, podcasts and breakdowns for Zuma Gulaf will be on there. Akhmedov will be on there. That should be pretty interesting. On the prelims, Sean Brady fights probably the most interesting to me. He's going to go up against Kevin Lee. Sean Brady undefeated. And you and I were talking a little bit and we feel like, you know, this is going to be his chance to go ahead and, and get a good name on his resume and then end up taking on some of the bigger fights. 
is that Sean Brady Kevin Lee fight is that one that you're certainly looking forward to seeing on the prelim card yes most definitely man Sean Brady's looks spectacular in the UFC undefeated just whooping up on guys his his submission game is ridiculous he, he he's just relentless with with his grappling and I like the thing I really like about him is he's getting finishes. That that's the thing I like about it. it's not a boring style. He's getting finishes and he's well rounded. He's got he's got um, you know decent stand up as well. And then he's going up against Kevin Lee. Man, Kevin Lee obviously, you know this guy's super talented. If his head's in the game, he looks like a world beater. Looks like he can be a future champion. If his head isn't in the game, where he makes mistakes and that's his number one issue. He makes a lot of mistakes. You know he looks like bottom of the barrel in the division. So and he's fought the who's who, man. Tony Ferguson, Ian Quinta, Barboza, Dos Anjos, Gillespie, the current champion, Charles Oliveira. So um, he's fought the who's who. Um, so there's no question that he'll be ready to fight Sean Brady. I look at this as like the UFC's trying to give Sean Brady a name. And um, we'll see if he passed that test because Kevin Lee is, is a tough test. Kevin Lee hasn't fought in almost you know a year and a half. And he was beating Charles Oliveira in that fight. And he just happened again. The same thing that happens to him all the time. He has a, a brain fart, and he ends up going in for a stupid takedown and gets gets guaranteed choked. Looking forward to that fight, and we talked before this as well, and we, we're in agreement. If, if Sean Brady beats Kevin Lee, he's definitely going to be a fighting probably, you know, at, at the very least top 15 guys. You know, we I think we came to agreement, you know, some top 10 guys, like some the Michael Chiesas of the world and things of that nature. So this is a big fight for, for Sean Brady. It's really a big fight for both of them, but um, I think more for Sean Brady. Yeah, that's certainly the fight that I'm looking forward to most on the prelim card. You know what I'm looking forward to, Gene, is actually the fact that we have a lot of fights on this particular card, including the early prelims and the prelims, that I feel like that we can bet. You know, we don't have those minus 500s, minus 1,000, minus 300s. There's not a whole lot on there. I mean, you're you're pretty much, you know, at the minus 240 all the way down to pretty much pick them, which makes, you know, the fights a lot more fun, at least for me. I think betting that you don't have to go start plugging in parlays, this, that, and the other. I particularly like these type of cards more than those, you know, bomber type cards. I think that's going to be fun for me and probably a lot of the betters. Nico Price is also on the prelim card and UFC legend there, Carlos Condon. He's going to end up uh, probably headlining the prelim card. He's going to go up against Max Griffin. I thought maybe they would stick somebody against Condit, which would be, you know, let me get a name on my resume. But the fact that it's Max Griffin, I'm a little bit surprised at that. You make anything out of that Condit Griffin fight, Gino, and how it ended up here as the prelim headliner? The reason why it's a headliner, I would say, because of the name. You know, it's Condit. You know, the fans know Condit. He's he's a a fun fighter. Always puts on good good fights. A lot of fight of the nights. And um, man, I mean, he had retired. He came back, and they gave him Court McGee. I'm not saying the UFC thought he would lose, but I mean, he ends up beating Court McGee. Then it's like, all right, we'll give you another step up and fight another you know exciting fighter in Matt Brown. And he ends up beating Matt Brown by decision so it's like all right we're just going to keep moving them up the ladder you know max griffin i think is the next step up um we'll see how far carlos condit goes but i like the matchup i think i think it's a fair matchup for both guys carlos condit kind of has one foot out the door i, I know he's back officially from retirement and, and one two in a row but he's right there you know a loss might he might be out of the ufc or at least maybe one more fight one of those like diego sanchez Nick Diaz type fights. I'm interested in seeing it, seeing if Connor has a, a career, if this career resurgence is for real. And then Max Griffin, you know, Max Griffin to me is just a middle of the road fighter. You know, he's tough, wins, loss, win, loss, that type of fighter. So 
Um, we'll just see if Carlos Conda can get a win and make it three in a row. And man, he he beats Max Griffin. Man, he might he might start fighting some guys in the top fifteen. So speaking of the headliner, why don't we jump to the main card headliner, Poirier McGregor? We know what's at stake here, Gene. I don't think it's any secret. Everybody knows this is the rubber match. It seemed like there was good blood going into the last bout, but it seems like now there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of bad blood between these two. Is there anything in particular that you're looking for, you know, with Poirier McGregor three? Um, I would just say, is Conor McGregor going to get back to the old Conor McGregor where he was using his, you know, karate movement? Um, that was a key to his game early and why he was getting, he was baiting guys into, you know, rushing him and he'd hit him with, with his counter left. And now he's, he's brawling now, you know, since the Nick Diaz trilogy or not trilogy, but uh, matchups. He's just turned into this like this brawler now. He he's falling in love with his boxing and less of less with his movement. That's one thing I'm looking for. Obviously, you know, the elephant in the room is can the guy stop leg kicks? I'm gonna go on a tangent. I'll save most of it for when we do this podcast later in in a week or two. But in general, man, I just I personally just feel Conor McGregor. I love the guy, super talented, everything he did, double champ, but I just feel like at this point in his career. You know the money has has changed him, and I and I and I just wonder: is his heart really in it anymore? Is he really willing to get into the gym and make and make the sacrifices and the changes that he needs to be a top five lightweight? Because the lightweight division is no joke. I've said this in the past when he came back: it's just killer after killer after killer. He got lucky. He got Cerrone. Um, in his comeback fight, Cerrone was just a gimme fight. But after that, there was no more no more gimme fights. And I feel like he's getting exposed now. I, I honestly feel like if I had to compare him to anyone now, not to a T, but man, they're in the same ballpark is Ronda Rousey. You know, Ronda Rousey had that, that nice run where she was beating all these women. The division caught up to her and then she was just getting knocked out against Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes, like and it, and it wasn't just all oh, flash knockouts. I mean, she got dominated. Like she didn't deserve to be in that in that ring against that caliber of a fighter. And I feel like the same thing with Conor McGregor to a to a degree. He's still talented, but man, dude, I just feel like the division's passing by. So without continuing to ramble on, I just want to see if Conor McGregor really put in the work. I want to see if 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 he's made the adjustments with the lay kicks. I want to see if he gets back to the old counter where he's using his foot movements, you know, in and out movements, karate style movements. So I took Poirier in the last fight. And I don't see why I'm not going to take him again in this in this second fight. He's a tougher fighter. He can take damage. He's more well-rounded, more versatile than Conor McGregor. And, and he's got that ground game. If if, if all, all else fails and he has to wrestle with Conor, you know, Conor is just terrible on the ground. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on, on the fight. I think going into that fight, Gene, I think a couple of things are different that actually favor McGregor. One, it's the it's the quick turnaround rematch. We saw what happened when he did that with Nate, and he just took a totally different approach. And you're right, you know, it's got to get back to that karate type, you know, background. A lot of movement. Uh, he can't stay there and stand in the pocket and look for that one big punch because we saw what happened when he went up against Poirier. Poirier basically demolished his legs, so. Uh, Connor's definitely going to come in here with a different game plan. I don't want to say I disagree with this because I don't know the answer, Gene, but I want to say that sometimes when fighters make big money, it's not that they don't love the sport anymore. Look at somebody like Floyd Mayweather. Does he like boxing? Yeah, he loves that sport. But did the money change him to the point that he stopped loving the sport? 
I don't believe so. I just felt like Floyd started to love money. And I feel like Connor is in like that particular type of atmosphere. I think there's a lot of baseball players and probably basketball and football players who, you know, have made like these mega contracts. Look at somebody like Bryce Harper. You know, the guy's probably worth 300 plus million dollars. He could easily walk away from baseball, but those guys continue to play one to go ahead and get as much money as they can out of their contracts, but because they love the game. And I feel like Connor, you know, if you look at this guy, you know, throughout his entire career and his, you know, his upbringing, you know, through, through the UFC, that he absolutely loves the UFC. He loves the whole fight game. Um, he lo- loves being on camera. He likes being the center of attention. And he does love that money. You know, it all kind of goes out the window, you know, when you don't win. And I feel like he still wants to win because there's a lot of things that come with that. So I don't know if the money has changed him a whole lot. It might actually motivate him a little bit more. But again, we're not him. We don't know. But I feel like Conor McGregor type money kind of end up being like Floyd Mayweather kind of money where you no know, Floyd loved money and maybe Conor does too. And he understands in order for me to go ahead and make this money and have this spotlight, I got to go out there and win. I do think he can go ahead and beat Poirier, but he's going to have to go ahead and put it all together. That should be an interesting fight uh, for sure. Gilbert Burns, he's going to take on Steven Thompson. Gene, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about that. Talk about what's on the line for both of these fighters. You know, Burns ends up going out in his last fight. I didn't think he looked really impressive. I didn't see Thompson's last fight, so I'm not necessarily sure you know, what to expect from him in this one. It should be a good matchup. So for the winner of that one, Gene, what do you think happens for them next? Yeah, so this is a big fight for the division. You got two guys um, that are ranked in the top five. Steven Thompson at number four, Gilbert Burns at two. Burns obviously just lost to um, Usman in spectacular fashion. This is more about Stephen Thompson here. He's won two in a row. He's looked spectacular in his two fights where he he shut shut these guys out, shut out Vicente Luque, shut out Neil. And what I mean shut out, just just put on a, a masterclass performance. We we know the skills there. He fought for the title in the past against Woodley, put, had some pretty good performances in those title fights. And man, he's he's potentially one win away from fighting for the title. Now, in that division, you you do have Kamaru either going to fight Kobe Covington as a rematch or Leon Edwards, who just won last week um, over Nate Diaz. Those are the two guys. But um, Stephen Thompson, if he has a spectacular win over Gilbert Burns, he could jump that line and fight Usman because it's a fresh matchup for, for Usman as well. So this is a big fight for him. And then for Burns, just to see, is he for real? You know, he... You know, in my personal opinion, I felt like he got rushed to the title because there wasn't a lot of guys in in that division to really fight Usman. Usman's been so dominant, but you know, he beat some old guys and Damian Maya. We just saw him last week, kind of got you know dominated, and then he fought Tyron Woodley, and we already know the story with Tyron Woodley. He's he's looked terrible in his past three fights. So um, this is a legit fight for Burns to see. Hey, is he is he legitimately top five in in this division? It's funny you mentioned Woodley there, Gene. He's taking a die for a paycheck. I would be surprised if he lasts at all in the UFC um, any longer because I don't think Dana's going to put up with uh, particular fighters. He He's going to set an example with somebody. And unfortunately, I think that there's a good chance that, you know, it could be, you know, it could be somebody like Tyron Woodley where it's going to be like, you know what, you want to go do dumb shit and go in and put a, you know, basically just put a, a, a smear on your career and on our, you know, organization, I just feel like Dana's going to approach that situation uh, a little bit different with, you know, fighters who, you know, come into his camp who are already in his camp or retired from his camp. 
uh, one way or another. I just think that that's probably going to end up uh, not ending very good for Woodley in, in his career. But I don't think he's going to win that fight against um, – I think he's fighting Jake Paul. More than likely, he's going to end up taking a dive um, and cashing a paycheck and, and whatever, whatever the case might be. But, look, we're, we're talking more UFC here. And Sean O'Malley just continue with that progression. Obviously, we know he, he's a great striker, fun fighter to watch. The key is just can he handle the grappling. Um, Luis Smoko will we'll test him a little bit in, the, in that department. But, um, I mean, it's just – I just want to see another spectacular knockout by, by Sean O'Malley, to be honest with you. The kid, I feel like he's a superstar in the making. A lot of people don't like him um, – you know, outside the cage, his personality, things of that nature, his bravado. But, you know, this is the fight game. You know, you want these, these personalities against Smoka. Smoka is just another test. I'm actually surprised by the matchup. This is, out of all the fights that are on this card, this is one that really is confusing to me. I don't know if, if Sean O'Malley just wasn't able to get fight that he wanted. The UFC decided, like, hey, man, we just want to give you more of a more of a layup, but I mean, in his last fight to fight Thomas Almeida and Thomas Almeida is not a, a world beater, but I mean, I feel like Thomas Almeida is in the same kind of ballpark as Smoka. I know Smoka is, you know, the vet, tough fighter, um, but I don't know. I, I just, I, I didn't foresee this matchup. I thought they would give O'Malley someone in the top 15, to be honest with you, and to give him Smoka, it was kind of a head scratcher for me, but man, listen, Smoke is legit. I mean, he's he's a very game seventeen and seven. Um, he's kind of fought some of the who's who in the division as well, and um, so it's going to be a tough test for Sean O'Malley. And, and you know, that's probably what it was. You know, as I'm talking this through right now, it was just more of like, hey, you know, Smoke is more well rounded, whereas like Thomas Almeida is strictly a, a, a stand up fighter striker. Um, I think they want to really test Sean O'Malley and just kind of slowly move them up almost like what they you know what they're doing in uh, the fight we um, covered earlier with serial gone like they've done a great job of slowly moving serial gone up and giving them kind of different matchups and uh this is what i see here too i guess as as we talk talk through this i see that this is the reason why they end up giving o'malley smoker so um i what what do i expect i expect Ron o'malley to show out just like he did in his last fight they have a spectacular uh, performance and, and, and get a finish. I think more than anything, it's probably just because they know how big this card's going to be, how many eyes are going to be on this particular event. And Sean Malley, you know, he's an outspoken kind of different eccentric guy, uh, comes in with the crazy hair. And there is a storyline, you know, the fact that, you know, his last fight ended the way that it did. And they're going to go ahead and they're going to give him a layup 100%. That's what this is, Gene. He's minus 400 on the betting odds right now. So they're looking for, you know, that next, you know, fresh face. And unfortunately, uh, he, you know, he, he didn't get the win last time in his fight. But look, we're talking about UFC 264. This is going to be an awesome card. And as I had mentioned, Gene and I will go ahead. We'll break down all the fights next week. We'll even do some of the prelims and some of the early prelim fights. Some of those big names that Gene and I had talked about. But you guys know where to find us on Twitter. You guys can find me at SleepyG underscore pregame. You can get Gene at MeanGene0022. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck this week. Enjoy the games.